Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin here, as always, with Steve Prudian. And uh, we are in part two of our prayer framework called Teach Me to Pray. And we have a list just to go through our framework um, and just give a little bit of refresher. We are starting with authority, moving to adoration, attention, thanksgiving, intercession, greatness, and then ending again with authority and just bookending it with that. And so today, last week we got through the first two, but we had a little bit of a preamble getting into it. Hoping to get through the rest of it today. If not, stay tuned. We will do a part three and finish it up. And then uh, maybe maybe if uh, we're really efficient, in, if we have to go to a part three, we can be really efficient and only spend half of it on the part three. Anyways. I got the, I got the next session already planned. You got the next session? All yeah. right. It's called the throne of God. Well, I, I really like the sound of that. I like the image it brings to my head, too. Anyways, that's my preamble for today. And uh, Steve, how are you doing? Good today. Yeah? Yeah. Good deal. All right. I think we're ready to dig into it. Let's uh, dive into, we've been through authority and adoration and attention. Let's go to attention. Okay. What is that all about here? In why, our don't, why don't framework. you read that section on attention? Okay, the section on attention. Um, it says here, Your grace and mercy overwhelm me, speaking to God. Hear my praise and prayer through the Holy Spirit who speaks through me. Above all, let your will be done. I put my trust in you, Father, to reveal to me if there is any hindrance in my prayer. Forgive me and show me your correcting will. I want to have. I want you to have pleasure with me. I want to stand with my Jesus representing you. So, the attention, but we're, we're asking God to pay attention to us. I'm asking myself to pay attention to God. There is a little bit of that too, isn't it? Yep. Yes, but I'm, I'm actually, when I pray, or when we pray, we should expect that the Father is listening to our prayers. Oh, certainly. So if, in fact, we have the faith to believe that he's listening to our prayers, we believe God is attentive to hear our prayers. Right. But also, what God is willing to do by giving us his attention, we also have to be giving him our attention, mm-hmm. okay? And our attention is just, first of all, to recognize who he is and why we're talking to him, mm-hmm. okay? And the fact is, is, is that the request that we bring unto him, he knows those needs better than we know those needs. Yes, he does. Oftentimes, we just have a surface glimpse, maybe not even an understanding, Right. Of what's going on. But you know what? Because of the fact that we live in a physical world where there are spirits in the world that can affect our lives and other people's lives, 
we need to take them to God because God is a God of spirit. Yes. And he can deal with the spirits in this world that we ourselves cannot. Mm-hmm. We need his attention. We do. And it this section, um, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the times in the Old Testament where somebody calls on God, remember me. Or it's written that God remembered his people. God remembered this. And uh, which is, it's a really interesting phrasing to say that God remembered them. Um, I think maybe it's just the best English word that we have for the Hebrew word that is actually written. Um, Because it's, God doesn't forget us. He never forgets us. I think of like a like a college professor, right? Might have a hundred students in his class. He doesn't forget that you're in the class. It's, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to grading assignments, he doesn't pick up your paper and go, oh, hey, I forgot Dustin was in this class. He doesn't. My paper is just now his focus. And so God is bringing that person into focus. And that's, there are so many things for us that are distracting. So for me, I know when I'm, when I'm getting into that posture of prayer and I'm asking God, okay, God, bring that, bring your focus around to me, bring me into focus. I do the same thing as you're saying. I'm then, in turn, also asking for everything else to be shut out so that I can then focus on God and bring God completely into focus. I'm glad that God has us in his thoughts. So am I. And there's not a moment that he's missed. And so the fact is, is that he has the greater capacity to remember things that we don't even remember ourselves. Right. And, I mean, I, such a great example of that right at the beginning of Acts when Peter's preaching. And it says the Holy Spirit basically gives him the words to say. Mm-hmm. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that he speaks. He was with Jesus the whole time. But he still needed the Holy Spirit to remind him of not only what to say, but what not to say and how to say it. And he was there. And the Holy Spirit had to remember it for him. So I, I'm very, very appreciative uh, when the Holy Spirit is working and reminding and doing those things. It's funny that... Um... The Holy Spirit is paramount Mm -hmm. in convicting a person for their need of Jesus Christ. Yes. And only he can do that. It doesn't matter what kind of an academic argument you may have. You don't have an academic argument that can stand up to the work and the movement of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's very true. 
So one of the things that is that I'm going to point out right in the middle of this paragraph, right? If there's any hindrance in my prayer, you know, this is this is a moment, a time, and the right time to confess because we've all messed up. We've all got issues. And, um, you know, Jesus tells us, don't go to the Lord in prayer while you are carrying that. You know, we're supposed to confess. We're supposed to ask for forgiveness. And otherwise, um, otherwise what you're saying has the potential to kind of get garbled. You know, um, I think about when I was a police officer and I used to, you know, you go on track, you pull people over, right? Your traffic stops. Um, semis especially, but every once in a while a car or a pickup truck would be just exceptionally loud to the point where I can't hear or understand the driver through all the noise. And that's, I had to tell him, turn the vehicle off. So I can hear and understand what you're saying. And in order to communicate to that person, I had to yell. I had to get loud in order to be heard through all the noise. And that's kind of what our sin is when we're praying to God. If we have unconfessed, unrepentant sin in our life and we're praying to God, it's like trying to talk through a noise, through a loud wind or a loud engine running. And... I'm not going to say that God can't understand it because, of course, he can. But the response that's coming back from him is harder to get. It's harder to take. It's harder to accept. It's harder to understand because we have this thing in our way that's preventing that. Hindrance oftentimes is referred to another word called obstacle. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is oftentimes in our prayers, we're really tripping over ourselves. Yep. And the reason we're tripping over ourselves is, is because we're not being laid bare before God. Right. And so subsequently, when you think of the word hindrance on both sides, if you're not being truthful to God, okay, mm -hmm. how do you expect to get a truthful answer back? from a truthful God. So therefore you have the subject of being hindered. Yep. There's a hindrance. Oh yeah. Isn't sure. there isn't didn't David say in the Psalms, which is interesting to the word, listen to the word. Maybe it's understood in front of this word. David says, create in me a clean heart, mm -hmm. oh Lord. Maybe there should be a you mm -hmm. create in me a clean heart, oh God. Why do you think a clean heart is necessary before you can pray? Uh, because an unclean heart isn't gonna isn't gonna like the answer or be able to, to accept the answer. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't know think, that I have a specific answer for that. 
I think the only person who gets shortchanged is ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not being upright before God, and you can't hide anything from God because he already knows. Right. But in the very fact, if we are hiding something from God, we're no different than Adam and Eve hiding from God. Yep. And you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, you look a little naked today. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. You know, and another another idea is, you know, the second part of that is, you know, forgive me. Um, one of the biggest hindrances, especially in our culture that we're living in today, I think one of the biggest hindrances is our own unforgiveness, unforgiveness of ourselves and unforgiveness of others. And the Jesus, when he's teaching his disciples to pray, praise Father, forgive me as I forgive you know, help me to forgive as I forgive, or as, wow, I really, my brain's not working. Um, you know, forgive me as I have forgiven others. Do you know that as human beings, we play both sides of the role? Yep. We play the role as the offender. Yep. We also play the role of the offended. Yes. And guess what happens when you go to Lord? seeking forgiveness you bring both of those yep to the lord oftentimes we only bring one right sick sick that offender right you know take care of that offender for me yeah okay but what about you why is there an offense to begin with right and we want to be forgiven for things but sometimes we just like to be angry or upset and, you know, that's the culture that we live in. Um, I, I don't particularly care for the adage, but it's been around for a long time. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want attention, you got to raise a little bit of a ruckus. And our news media, um, and media in general, but news media specifically, has taught us to be such an over-sensationalized people that if it's not, if what you have to say doesn't incite some sort of emotional reaction, then there's no value to it. So, So through that, We've learned how to actually increase our anger and become more angry about things. And then things get exaggerated. They get blown out of proportion. You know, they're made out to be bigger than they actually are, whether it's in our minds or in our words to other people. And the purpose is to generate that emotional reaction. And... Because of that, I don't think we forgive the way we're supposed to. It's hard to forgive when it's easy to be angry. And angry is what I'm supposed to be, according to 
the culture that we live in. You know, within the Christian church, a few years back, there was a lot of talk and study about this thing. And this thing was called the spirit-controlled temperament. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of people sat in classes and they learned about it, but they never applied it to their lives. Right. Because guess why? Because they wanted to stay in control. Yep. Instead of this yielding to the spirit who's in control. Now, can I ask you a question? Sure. Can God's spirit be offended? Can the Holy Spirit be offended? Sure. How do we know? Well, if we're listening to him and in tune with him. Because we have an instruction yep. to grieve not the Holy Spirit. Right. To grieve the Holy Spirit is just to not really listen to what he's trying to say to us. Right. The new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, his wife is being criticized today. Is she? Because she's a Christian counselor. And she uses the Bible for counseling. Isn't that interesting? A Christian counselor who uses the Bible for counseling. Well, if you are claiming to be a Christian counselor, I would certainly hope you're using the Bible. And they said she's too old-fashioned, that mm -hmm. she's too strict, that she counsels people and thinks that counselors shouldn't be counseling people on about not getting an abortion. So you know, yep. you know who's criticizing her, yeah. okay? And she has a number of other things that she stands against. She stands against, in her biblical counseling, practicing homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they say that she's kind of prejudiced and bigoted because of that. And she does a lot of her teaching— based upon people understanding what their temperament is and why it needs to be brought under control. Why do people get in trouble in the first place? Because hmm. they're outside the Bible. Because they're selfish. Yep. That's the reason people get in trouble today. Why do yep. we have even differing groups of opinion even within the church? Selfishness, pride. Because the fact is, is, is that we're not totally yield to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. We want to mix it up. Right. And the problem is, is when you get a tossed salad, <laughs> everything's tossed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that... That must be hard for them to be going through that and uh you know in light of you know kind of that idea of forgiveness i think we should be certainly praying for them to be able to forgive those who are speaking against them because without it it it's a dangerous road to walk without forgiveness so all right so we've called god's attention to us asked him to bring us into focus asked him to help us bring him into focus. 
And so attentions are all set. Next, we move on to Thanksgiving. Pretty important. You say take for granted? I did at some point. Take yes. for granted? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Thanksgiving. Is just. It's powerful. First of all, um, there have been studies that have been done, and I haven't read them personally, but I've been to conference and training and online stuff where they're talking about these studies. And uh, basically, you can't have gratitude and a lot of the negative stuff that we're used to, those two things can't exist in the same brain at the same time. So anxiety, worry, fear, fault, envy, fault, those things, those emotions don't mm -hmm. exist parallel with gratitude. And so especially seeing as how this comes directly before we're intercessing for people, right? But expressing that gratitude, that thanksgiving, bringing out our, being intentional about our awe of God and that reverence and that fear and just his holiness and his power and who he is and what he is and just recognizing all of that and being thankful for everything that he's done, even up to and including the last breath I just took, waking me up in the morning, the sun shining, the clouds in the sky, the, the rain, the cold, the warmth, whatever, if we're expressing gratitude to God for the general circumstance of the day, even if it's always the same thing. This is, this is the part where I'm going to go ahead and say, if you have, um, if you become rote in your thanksgiving, if you're always thanking God for the same thing, as long as you're truly thanking him for the same thing every time, I'm going to go ahead and say that's okay. You know, as we, long as it's not just the checkoff list. Right. We, we try to avoid that checklist. We try to avoid um, that rote, um, just... Uh, blank repetition but this this idea of thanksgiving and just taking that posture of gratitude I think is something that can be and is very very powerful in prayer especially in this particular frame where it's coming directly before intercession what kind of a word is thanksgiving? It is a combined word. <laughs> is it a noun or is it a verb? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. It is a noun and it is a verb. Mm -hmm. When we're commanded or expected to give thanksgiving, is it a noun or is it a verb? Yes. 
Yes. It's actually an action that is requested of us. Mm -hmm. It's ongoing. Yep. Because we're always supposed to be in a state of thankfulness. Correct. So what are we giving? Well, we're giving our thanks. We're giving our hearts and our minds. We're actually giving credit mm -hmm. to what, for who God is and for what he's done. And actually, we're exercising faith in thanksgiving. I've got because, another word for it. Because we have thanksgiving, mm -hmm. we can look to God for what we're going to be thankful for in the future, to be able to offer him more thanksgiving. Yep. You know, there's another word for that. Go ahead. It's called worship. Worship is right. Uh-huh. Did you know that prayer is actually the highest form of worship that God wants to hear? I have heard that, yes. Did you know that before God created man, he already had a choir? Yep. And do you know that he created man for the sole purpose that he can actually talk, walk and talk with him? Mm-hmm. How different are we than the angels? I don't think we're all that different. And what, in some ways, even the angels envy us. Yes. Because we can sit and we can have dialogue with God. Mm -hmm. And God wants to have dialogue with us. Yep. And the very fact that we'll set aside time to talk to God, to him, is worship. It's a sweet-smelling aroma when we mm -hmm. speak with him. Yes, it is. But if you don't talk, guess what? You're not thankful. No. If you're not talking to him, you're not thankful. All right. So in this uh, in this particular framework. Okay. You have written, uh, thank you for hearing all the prayers in my life. Thank you for your answers and the move you have in my very being. Let what I say and do bring glory to you and your son. Thank you that you know before I ask what I'm going to say. It is an honor to be in your presence to ask. And that's uh, so very clearly, let what I say and do bring you glory. That's worship right mm -hmm. there. Right? That's everything I do is for God. And every praise that is given to me needs to be funneled straight to him. All right. I don't get to keep any of that. It's, it's not about me. It's about him. Um, one of the things that I do like in this is just the acknowledging that my prayer, you know, you just said prayer is the highest form of worship. And yeah, I, I, don't think I could or would even want to disagree with that. Um, when does God, when does God act? He acts when you pray. Some sometimes He acts when we ask. Sometimes, obviously, He has His own plans. But um, we know, and I've already talked about. God knows. God knows way better than I do what I'm actually praying for. He understands it. And, you know, sometimes in, uh, 
in a small group setting or a prayer group setting, you are going to bring up a prayer that is, you know, something that's unspoken. I can't tell you who, I can't tell you for what that we're praying for, but, you know, pray for that unspoken mm-hmm. prayer. And the Holy Spirit knows, and God knows what I'm praying for, even if I don't know what I'm praying for. He knows. Mm-hmm. He, so why am I praying for that? It's obedience. Not only is it the highest form of worship, but it's an obedience. We are supposed to be praying to God. There are things, and listener, there are things in your life and in the lives of the people around you that God wants to do. There are things that he is wanting to do for you and for the people that you love, and he's waiting for you to pray for it. Ask, and you shall receive. Yes. Seek. And you shall find. Yes. Knock, knock? and the door <laughs> knock right. and the door will be open. How um, many times does he have to tell you? Uh, That's three right there. That is three right there. But you know, and again, we don't we don't always get the answer that we hope for or expect or desire. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that God is maybe wanting to do exactly for somebody in your life what you are hoping he will do, and he's waiting for it to be prayed for. He's waiting for somebody to ask him to do it, because without that, he won't get the glory. So he's waiting for you to be obedient, to pray for what you need to pray for, so that he can act. That's called the value. Mm -hmm. If you don't think there's any value... And why should God think there's any value? Right. God knows the value. He does. But he wants to know, where's your investment in that value? Right. If I don't see the value in bringing that thing to God in prayer, God's not going to show me the value in having it answered. That's right. Because you've basically put it as something of little value. Right. Right. And if it's not a God-sized task to accomplish then there's not a God-sized glory or worship to be had when it is. So that's... uh, There, that's what I think about Thanksgiving. Intercession. Tough stuff. That's that's the meat of it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because... Up until this point, and I've got I've got this all written down on a piece of paper, and we are two-thirds, maybe even three-quarters of the way through before we get to what we're praying for. And I think that's amazing. It's... It's called right attitude. It's it's called right attitude. I don't know. I, I really like the word posture. We talked about that a while mm-hmm. back with when we were in Psalm in Psalm 100. We talked about the posture of prayer, and you talked about your instructor at the school. Mm-hmm. And but that, he said that wasn't an absolute, right? Because he also taught me about how he prayed in the jungles of Africa on a fallen tree one night. Okay. Because he was lost. That okay. tree that tree became his altar. Yep. 
and the the posture there is um, there can be a physical posture that goes along with the heart posture, but we are spending on what is just under one page of writing. We are spending two thirds to three quarters of it getting our heart right and making that connection. We're used to making a phone call. I answer the phone and I go, hey, Steve, what's up? I make a phone call and I say, I'd like to order. How soon can it be delivered? Right. <laughs> it's down to business. You know, sometimes the business is a conversation. You know, I call my dad, dad, how's it going? What have you been up to? What are you doing? And he asked the same questions, right? It's funny, but God asks those same questions every day. Yeah. But we're getting, we're getting, dialing the phone and having it ring and be answered, I think has ruined us as a culture of getting through this two-thirds of a page. Prayer, I don't mind the analogy. Prayer is a phone call to God. We just have to reconsider, maybe. It's not a business phone call to God. We're not, we're not calling him to order more supplies. You know, I'm, I'm not calling him to order more Bibles for the, you know, for the youth group. I'm calling to ask for something that's truly needed, and there has to be a connection there. We have to do more than just dial and have a phone call answered. So, so in your prayers, don't rush through that. We have a tendency to do that. We have a tendency to rush through to get to the meat of it, to get to the heart of the matter, as it were. You mean you want to call the order boy? Yeah. You're, treating, you're putting God in the relegate, relegating him to the authority that he serves you. Yeah, that's backwards. Uh-huh. That's backwards. That is... Uh, I use this reference every once in a while. Um God is not a cosmic vending machine. You can't just walk up, put in a dollar, and punch B3 and have your prayer be answered. It's not how he works. It's just not how he works at all. I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. Same man who mentored me. Yep. I was in seminary, and I made this observation I thought it was a fetish. The same man would be sitting at his desk mm -hmm. and doing whatever he was doing, but he'd have one hand and he'd be patting his Bible, rubbing his Bible. And I observed this many times. Hmm. So I was going to be my normal hu humorous, joking <laughs> self. Okay. And I said, Dr. Hughes, I says, uh, you got a genie in there? He looked up, probably a little bewildered. He says, he says, uh, what are you talking about? I says, you rub your Bible all the time. I says, a genie come out of there. He says, oh, no, much greater than a genie. Mm -hmm. And I says, okay. He says, okay. He says, let's, let's go with this. He says, if you, I gave you a Bible, mm -hmm. and with that Bible, you can have any three wishes. He says, do you know what you would wish for? And I says, yeah. 
He says, okay. So he told them to me. Your Bible's right here. Put your hand on it. Make your wishes. All right. I did. And, got, and, and, and after I got done, Dr. Hughes said, I'm sorry for you. He says, my Bible has unlimited wishes. He says, but you just settled for only three. Mm-hmm. He says, and if that's, if that's what you think of God's word, that's all you're going to get. He says, what are you going to need tomorrow? Oops. <laughs> three more wishes. <laughs> no, that's a great point. It's a great point. But yeah, definitely do not rush through. Don't rush through the preparation for, you know, it's the reality is it's all part of prayer. But a lot of the times we have whittled down the idea of prayer to intercession. This is what I want now. This is what I want. This is what I want. And so, so don't neglect the first part of it, the getting the posture right and recognizing the authority and adoration, the attention piece, the thanksgiving, getting all of that lined up before you start asking for things. And so what intercession really is. That's the ask. That's, will you please heal this person, um, move in this person, heal heal our land, you know, uh, pray for end of world hunger and world peace and, you know, all the things that we pray for. You know, today we're praying, um, spent some time this morning praying for the two wars, the two big wars that are going on, right? You, Ukraine and Israel. It, it's it, interesting you said two big because there's more than that going on. Yeah, the the two that are in the news. In the headlines, in the headlines right? headlines, right. And, you know, praying for all the people and all the life lost and their families and all that kind of stuff. And when, you, when you're praying and if you haven't started with... And, uh, Okay, you can, you can go ahead and call me a little bit weird out there. I'm totally cool with it. Okay, if I don't start with getting my heart right, if I don't start with everything else, and I just jump right into, all right, God, fix this, right? Um, it's, it's an emotionless prayer. It really is. The words mm-hmm. come out. There's nothing behind him. Mm-hmm. When I take the time, I can even feel it a little bit right now. So yeah, go ahead and call me weird, whatever. Um, or maybe it's something you feel too, and maybe you think you're the weird one, and we're actually normal. Um, but when I get my heart right, it's called a move of the spirit. It's a it's a move of the spirit. But I can. It's almost like I can feel God's heart breaking for those that I'm praying for. And it's incredibly powerful to feel when I sit and think about what's going on in the world 
and you read the headlines and you read a little bit of the story in the newspaper or whatever, you feel sad. You have that emotional reaction, but it's so much different when I'm praying for it and I can feel that breaking heart. But it doesn't quite feel like my heart is the one that's breaking. I think that's, in part, I know that I've connected with God, and I know that God cares about it too. And I think of it as, you know, feeling his heart break for that. And maybe you felt that, maybe I'm just weird. But, uh, but if you have never felt that, if, if you've never experienced it, I mean, I, I won't say that you're doing something wrong, because I can't say that. Right, I don't, I don't know. You're not there I, yet. I, I just, well, it's not, that's too much of a judgment, and I'm not willing to go there. Some people are going to do prayer in this way, in the right way, a whole lot during their life, and maybe never experience something like that. It's just not meant for them. Some, thing, some, people, some things, God, God gives us all different things. A lot of people... Don't pray because they're afraid to pray. They're right. afraid they don't have the ability to pray. They fear that they don't have the right standing to pray. So to them, prayer is actually um, an obstacle that stands in their way of relationship with God. Right. Because even the disciples were confused about, how do you really pray? Right. You know, what's interesting is, is that God will... God can hear the prayer of any man, even a sinner. Yes. Otherwise, none of us would be saved. Right. But the thing is, is, is that the purpose that he made us was to love us. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to hear us speak so he can show his love to us. Yeah, I... You know, kind of... In turn, as a parent, you know, if my kid does something, for lack of a better word, in this very moment, if my kid does something stupid and gets hurt, I'm not deaf to his cries for pain. I'm not going to not comfort him. He's in pain. And he needs dad. Okay? Will at will I at some point follow up on that and go, you know, if you hadn't done something so stupid, you wouldn't have ended up hurt in the first place. Maybe. You know, right, wrong, or otherwise, there's a lesson to be learned there. And sometimes the pain is enough of a lesson. Sometimes dad's got to point that out. But I'm never going to not go and try and fix the pain first, try and fix the hurt first. And, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, if a humanly father, if a human father can love his kid like that, how much more does your heavenly father love and care for you? 
And it doesn't matter. To God, it doesn't matter. There is nothing that you have done that can break you away from him. Whether you know Jesus or not, he will listen to you and he will hear you. The Word of God is kind of interesting. Yes, it is. It's much like a game that used to be on television. Mm -hmm. That game was called Truth or Consequences. Okay, yep. The reason we have that book is just to find out the instructions, the ways, the desire, the will of God, the truths of God. Many a time, we cry in desperation out of our consequences mm -hmm. because we have not adhered to those that instruction, or we don't know that instruction. Right. Sometimes it's our very condition that drives us to seek God's face, to learn of Him, and to learn of His instruction. Right. And I was told a long time ago that God has a Ways and Means Committee, and He's it. And yep. somehow He will call you to know his way so he can show you his means. Yes. I didn't say mean. I says means. <laughs> uh, yes. But what is intercession? Point blank. Have we defined it yet? That's the ask. That's the ask. That's the ask. That's Who what are we asking for? Anybody and everybody. Everything and anything. Ah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. Okay, so you can pray for the weather? Sure. Okay. Is that anybody or in anything? I think that's a thing. It's a thing. It's in anything. Have you ever heard of people praying that their broken cars somehow would work again or somehow that God would provide the necessary repair? I had that one answered. Go ahead. I had that one answered. Um, this is a few years back. My truck was just making an awful noise going down the road and it was my mind starts racing going oh my gosh oh my gosh what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong and I pulled off of the side of the road and stopped turned it off and I put my hand up on the dash and I prayed I don't remember the words I don't remember what I said I know it was desperate <laughs> Because I didn't have money to fix it. I didn't have anything. And I was praying, just God fix it. Hold you know, it together. Hold hold it together. You you created everything that's in it and supposed to be in it. And you know, it's designed through your inspiration and all you know, I You didn't call for the monkey wrench angel? <sighs> Not specifically. <laughs> Not specifically, but it was about three minutes, four minutes. And when I turned the key, started right up, ran fine. No issues. Um, finished going to where I was going and then turned around and went home. Um, another hour and a half in the car total, you know, driving total. Immediately after that, no issues. And it wasn't until um, it didn't 
the issue itself did end up resurfacing almost a year later. And what was different was then not only was I at home, I was within a mile of my house, but I also had the means at that time to take it to the shop and get it fixed and be able to pay to get it fixed. It wasn't going to, it wasn't going to tank my bank account. So I, I had that one answered. So yeah, go ahead and pray for your car. Do you know what one of the instructions that Jesus said to his disciples? What's that? Follow this. Okay. If you ask for anything, uh huh, broken truck. Yep. Okay. In my name, mm-hmm. God will hear it. Yep. And it will be done unto you. Yep. What are the two qualifiers? Got to be in my will. Oh, why am I blanking on this? All right, you're going to have to answer okay. it because I'm, I'm drawing a if, blank. First of all, if you ask right. the action, mm-hmm. okay, in my name, yep. the authority, okay, yep. my father will hear, okay, my father will hear the action of the father, Yep. okay, and it will be done unto you, mm-hmm. the result. So when you go to God in prayer for anything, yep. okay, what is the truth and the purpose of their prayer? For God to hear it. It's the expectation that mm-hmm. God does hear it and that God will answer it. Yep. Oftentimes we get disappointed with God because it's not quick enough or it isn't exactly what we were asking for. Right. So then what do you do? What do you do? If it isn't quick enough and it isn't exactly what you're asking for, then what do you do? You have two choices. Okay. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. Okay. Com- it it's probably a false dichotomy. It's not there's way more than two choices, but I'm gonna give you two because it's the default. Either you gripe and complain and stop praying, or you do what the persistent widow did is and keep going back to the judge. If you if you think it's taken too long for God to answer, keep praying. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. If you're if you don't if it was answered in a different way that you weren't expecting and whatever, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Remember, Daniel had to fast and pray for 21 days because Michael was fighting against an army of demons to get to him in order to give him the answer. Now, that's a pretty rare situation. I mean, Daniel was having the answer hand-delivered to him by the archangel, but it's the same thing, right? God, God has answers for us. He wants to do things. Sometimes there's a battle going on in the spiritual realms so that's preventing the answer from being taken care of. And we got to continue to pray and continue to fast and continue to 
reiterate, we, this is worth it. We need this. We need this. We need this. And, you know, the God who is faithful and just will hear our prayer. The disciples of Jesus were bewildered mm-hmm. that something wasn't working. Yep. And they came back dejected and depressed. Yep. And they said to Jesus, we can't do what you do. Right. And Jesus said, well, tell me what happened. And they says, well, we did everything <laughs> that you do and people weren't healed. Yep. So Jesus says, well, boys, you, you need to add something to what you did. And what is it that he told the disciples they needed to do in order to be able to see positive results? Uh, if I'm remembering the same thing you're remembering, he tells them this kind of demon can only be cast out with great fasting. And praying. Praying and, praying, and fasting. Praying and fasting. So oftentimes what happens is, is, is that we go out half prayed, not fully <laughs> prayed. And we say, right. well, this, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. But in the reality is, 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 is that have we gone out before God has asked us to go out? Right. And the next question is, is who's seeking the credit? Mm-hmm. Right. Don't expect much if you're going to take the credit. And that leads us right into our next thing, which right. is greatness. Mm-hmm. The greatness is only God. Only he is great. And... Uh, in a lot of ways, it's just repeating the Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? The greatness that follows the intercession. You know, it's a thank you for hearing the prayer. Thank you for answering my prayers. Thank, thank you, you that you have the ability. You have the ability, right? It's, I bring it before you, God, because you're the only one who can do anything about it. You're the only one that can fix it. So fix it. And we're adding the element of God's will into it as well, because we always want to be within God's will, right? God, I'm bringing it to you because only you know how to fix this, and I trust that you are going to fix it in the way you feel best, or the way that you know best. I've wondered sometimes, do I want to know the whole picture? Do I want to know what God sees, what God knows? And in one sense, I feel like I'm not... I'm not being privileged to know the things that God knows or see the things that God sees. Right. On the second, on my second thought, it's, I don't think I could handle it if I did. No, I certainly could not. I, I don't even want to start to begin. So therefore, therefore, I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I can put my trust in God because sometimes I don't want to know. Right. Well, um, so you talk about you talk about do I want to see the whole picture? It makes me think of it makes me think of like a murder mystery type show or movie or whatever where they've got that classic murder board, right? They've got things posted up on a mm-hmm. on a bulletin board, on a cork board, and they've got the yarn running running between showing all the different connections between all these different things and trying to find how they're all connected. Okay. That on a cosmic scale. Exhausting. No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No, a four by six board, that 
that's enough to drive me a little insane. But uh, on a cosmic scale, no, we can't even fathom what God knows. And we have to trust that it's his will, because just like anything, you know, if you um, if you pull a lever over here, something over on the other side is going to be affected by it. And so when we do go into prayer, we have to remember the intercession that we are asking for God to do something in the situation. And then with the greatness part of it, the follow-up is, God, I trust that you're going to do what you know is what's needed. I um, oftentimes, sometimes in my immaturity, Mm -hmm. I forget to appreciate God's gratefulness. Right. Because gratefulness is really assurance. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is, is that I know I'm going to heaven. Right. Because of his assurance. Right. Which is his gratefulness. Yes. Which me, makes me, you and me, and anyone else who belongs to him, we should be very grateful for the fact that he exercises both mercy and grace upon us, and we deserve neither. Right. Absolutely. So, will I worship him in prayer? Absolutely. Why is it so easy to neglect? Because if you haven't been taught how to do it in a way that is meaningful— then it doesn't, it doesn't have a value for us. What about the other God? The God of self? Yeah, the God of me, myself, and I. Yeah. Who gets in the way of the Almighty God. Yeah, well. How's he doing? How, how good does he do for you? <laughs> He's not doing very good for me. <laughs> but yet that's ne- who we never rely has. upon. But that's who we rely upon. Sure it is. Because that's... There's a level of faith that comes along with that. Because I can trust in Jesus and still, quote, pray to the God of self, because I have a small faith. And I think I know better, and I like to be in control. And it's really hard to let go of that control, and it's really hard to let go of that pride. But if you can start to let go of that and reach out to God... Forget the intercession part. If you struggle with control and you struggle with pride in your life, forget intercession. Do everything else here. Talk to God about his authority, about his adoration. Get his attention. Get your attention. Give thanks. Right? Have that gratitude. Spend some time in gratitude with God. Skip intercession. Stick with gratitude a little bit longer. Thank God for his will and his greatness. And then, as always, finish right where you start with the authority. Because in, re- in God, through Jesus, comes all the authority. When I rely upon the authority of myself, mm-hmm. and I am going to be my own God. Right. It's actually a joke. 
Yep. Because I can only deal with the temporary. I have no power over the eternal. Right. But yet, when I put my hands in the God of the eternal, he can take care of the temporary better than I can take care of it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Right. All right. We're just about done. Only one word left, and it seals the prayer. Yep. What is that word? Amen. And what does it say on that sheet? What it, seals the prayer? Is it my name that seals the prayer? No. No. No, it's, my the, name. it's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. Yep. We have to ask, and we have to ask in his name. What is, what is under the power and the authority in the name of Jesus in our world? Everything. 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 So therefore, we end in the name of Jesus. Yes. Where do we begin? In the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's where all of our power lies. Because we're bought with his price. Yep. Okay, we are not, we're, we're not our own. Nope, we're not. And so subsequently, that makes us servants. Mm -hmm. And as a servant, we need to follow the process and the procedure of coming before his father. Absolutely. And he becomes our high priest. Yes, he does. And he presents us before the throne. Mm -hmm. And because of God's honor and respect to his son and his son claiming us as his own, God wants to hear our prayer. Mm -hmm. But he reserves the right and the way to answer it. Absolutely. Does any prayer go unanswered? Nope. What happens when you pray? God hears it. And then? Answers it. Answer is? Sometimes no. Sometimes no. Sometimes? Sometimes it's not yet. And sometimes? Or sometimes it's I'm going to, but I'm, you're maybe not going to recognize it or in a way that's not expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He works things out differently than we work things out. Yeah. Okay? It's funny that we're supposed to pray in the Spirit for the will and the desire of God. Mm -hmm. But yet, how often do we want to yank that back when we don't like the answer? Right. And you know what he does after that? He has a word. And what's that word? He says, child. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll never reach, we'll never, be, uh. we'll never reach adulthood. Until we're there with him. Right. So as far as he's concerned, he understands our weakness. And he says, child. Mm -hmm. So today, both you and I, and I don't care how old a Christian you may be or how long, you're always going to be his child. Yes. Very, very true. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about the throne of God. Yes. It will consist of the mercy seat, mm -hmm. the throne of grace, okay, 
in the throne of mercy. Okay. I very much look forward to that. Thank you very much for coming in. Pleasure as always, Steve. Thank Thank you. you. My pleasure. Uh,